Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starville or at Brupolo over in uh, Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in buzzard roost. That would be a little weird. Yeah. Nobody would... uh. Would expect that. I can't find out a whole lot of information about Buzzard Roost. It's just uh, they don't. Uh, I I've actually heard of Buzzard Roost before. Okay. Um, but I don't know if I've ever been there. I've I, I remember hearing that name over the years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where is it? George County. Okay. South Mississippi. Yeah, it's uh just uh west of Loosedale. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, well, I here's one thing I can guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Someone that listens to this podcast is from Buzzard Roost. Also, they're gonna text us and let us know that it's actually Bizarre Roost. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Wherever you are in our great state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's a click away. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com makes a great holiday gift. And, of course, you support the Bulldog Initiative with every purchase from StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. This holiday season, when you're trying to look for something to put under the tree for the Bulldogs in your life, go to College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area, Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. Guys, as the holidays approach, families coming into town, you're going to have big meals at home, but you always want to take the family out to a nice meal as well. If you're doing that, take them to Restaurant Tyler. It's Starkville's best restaurant. Lunch, dinner, Sunday brunch, it doesn't matter which meal you choose, you're going to have the best time at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you and start a relationship with a local bank that's going to serve your family for years to come. Banking locally, man, it's just as important. Did my voice just crack? I think it did. Yes, it did. You going through puberty? Girls are cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> I'm just happy you're feeling better today, Brian. I am. I am feeling better, but I guess I'm not feeling well is where we would go. Uh, Wherever you, you know, looking locally, shopping locally, eating locally, it's just as important as banking locally. That's what builds strong communities. So check out PriorityOneBank.com 
Find a location near you. If you're in central Mississippi, there's going to be one. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. So earlier today, uh, I did an interview uh, with uh, with my my close personal friend, Ben Garrett of the Ole Miss Spirit. I thought you were about to say Dan Mullen. I did do an interview with Dan Mullen, which is now available on our Thunder and Lightning uh, Twitter feed. I thought it was really good. But Ben made the... Did he say he missed you? I don't think Dan knows that I, who I am. Oh, I, I, I don't believe that. I was never introduced to him. Really? Yeah. You never well, introduced like, yourself? Does, does somebody have to introduce normally when we you get to other person people? on the beat? The SID takes them up there and is like, "Hey, this is so and so." I never got that. Really? I don't. I, I don't remember that happening for any I've, of us. I've seen it happen plenty of times. Bill Martin used to do it for everybody. Oh. oh. Okay. Anywho, so like my situation with Dan would probably be if he saw me, he might recognize my face. Like, be like I, I think I know that guy, but he could. If I said, "What's my name?" He would be. He would. Ah, Jim. I don't know. Well, he knew my name because he cussed me out a few times. Yeah, that's different. I never. I know. I also, but, probably the other thing. I never had like a memorable moment with him. So you know, it's true. But what I was going to say with with Ben was. He said, you know, Brian, we, we've been doing these podcasts together for like 10 years, previewing the Egg Ball, and I've never heard you this defeated. And I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, first off, as I've been saying, this is the first time in a long, long time that Mississippi State has been a big underdog in the Egg Ball. Yeah. Know, 2009. Now, they won that game, but, you know, different set of circumstances. So let's try to talk ourselves into this, Robbie. Let's try to find the path for Mississippi State to win this football game. Where does it start for you? It starts, uh, I think, on you know playing a perfect, uh, maybe not even a perfect game, but playing a very, very clean game. Mm-hmm. Penalties got to – I mean, the offense has got to, to be to script mm-hmm. for four quarters. They've got to execute at a very high level. They can't have a lot of penalties – putting them back and and kind of really killing drives, can't turn the ball over. When you get in the red zone, you need to score touchdowns. That's kind of where it starts for me. But also, I think defense is the is the biggest key for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Can the defense limit what, what Ole Miss does well, which is what they did last year? Can they stop them from running the football and opening up the passing game? And I have some real concerns about that happening just because last year you felt a lot better about you know what you had up front but also you had Emmanuel Forbes out there at cornerback and you had guys at safety that you know were delivering some punishing blows on guys like Jonathan Mingo and it from the start state was just really physical defensively and I think that played a factor in the rest of the ball game I don't know if they can consistently get off the field against Ole Miss I think they can get stops, but are those stops keeping Ole Miss from scoring points? Um, you know, just stopping them in the red zone and giving up a field goal, I don't know if this offense can um, can answer with a touchdown. That, um, you know, answering Ole Miss's field goals with field goals doesn't really move the needle because they're going to score touchdowns. So can you get off the field – while not allowing points, can you force punts? Can you force turnovers? I think the defense, to me, is the key to the game. 
it feels strange to say when you talk about how bad Mississippi State's been on offense, but in order for Mississippi State to stay in this ball game, the defense is going to have to limit them to scoring in the twenties at you know at worst. I think if this game's in the thirties, if Ole Miss is as thirty something points, I don't think this team can score thirty plus on Ole Miss. I have no confidence in that happening. Uh, they could come out and have forty. I don't know, but um, I just don't see it. So I think State's got to. This has got to be a, a 24-21 ball game for State to have a chance. I think. I do wonder if it's more about what State is able to do to Ole Miss than what State has to do for themselves. And what I mean, somehow to force Ole Miss into mistakes. You know, Dart's been pretty good this year as far as turning the ball over. Uh, Judkins is not exactly a fumbling kind of guy, but you know, can they can they get a turn an early turnover and and create a short field and get points out of that? The other problem with State is, you know, they haven't been able to capitalize yet. They had the short field, they get a turnover against USM, a fumble deep in USM territory, and they have to settle for a field goal. I, I would like to see a more aggressive version of Mississippi State in this game. You know, I'm not saying to play, you know, completely disregard all the the, the, the nuances of football, but fourth and short from the 45 yard line, go, go. You know, there, you, I would like to see for I, for one time. In the history of football, I would like it to say I would like the team that really does have nothing to lose to play like it has nothing to lose. That's what I, yeah. I think. I think that would go a long way for Mississippi State. But if they can get some early mistakes out of Ole Miss, get the crowd into the game, that that's a way forward. There, does Will Rogers have to deliver a huge game, or can he just manage it and 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 find a way for State to win? I think it has to be one of his best games ever. Mm. I mean, State's going to have to have. Uh, some extraordinary effort out there offensively just because you you just don't have a lot of guys that you feel great about on the offensive side of the ball. Like I, I don't feel great about state coming out there and, um, you know, running for a whole lot of yards and passing, having a lot of success in the passing game. I mean, it's just the, the offense has just been so bad. It's, it's tough to have a lot of faith in it right now, but, Will Rogers having a you know one of his best games ever, I think, is going to give them a shot. That's that's where you're at right now. You you need him to have a heck of a ball game. And I thought he was okay in 2021. I thought the weather was a big issue. Last year I thought it was one of his worst games. But 2020, I thought he played really well. So how is he going to attack this ball game? I think last year he was a little too emotional. He was a little, you know, he was trying to do a little too much. I think that's possible to be a little too emotionally invested. He's got to play within himself. He's got to be calm, cool, and collective and go go out there and try to command a, a great ball game. It's going to be tough for him because this could be the last game he ever plays at Mississippi State. could be his last Egg Bowl. It could be his last game at Davis Wade. It's going to be tough for him to go in there and just be – locked in mentally and not have some kind of emotional aspect about this game. That's a very difficult thing to do, but he needs to do it. He needs to go out there and have the best game he's ever had as a Bulldog, I think. Defensively, you know, you, you mentioned, you talked about that just a little bit there and in the Ole Miss offense, I mean, it's, it's a good offense. They, 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 they know what they are. They know how to execute what their game plan is. 
They're also, I've said it so many times, that nobody scripts the first 10, 15 plays better than Lane Kiffin. It's almost a surprise when they're not up 7 nothing after their first possession. Um, so getting off the field on that first, you know, getting out of the first quarter, Ole Miss, now this year I'll give them credit, Ole Miss is, this year has been a team that's played well in the fourth quarter. But for the most of Kiffin's tenure there, they've been a team that they get up early on you, they get up 14, 21 points on you, and they just kind of try to ride the wave to, to the finish line. Uh, this this Ole Miss team is a little different from that, but a clean first quarter, being tied or being you know down less than than ten, is absolutely crucial for Mississippi State. From a special teams perspective, State got finally got a kickoff return touchdown from Xavier Thomas this uh, against us Texas A and M. But man, it would go a long, long way for State if they could get some non offensive points in this game. Yeah, no doubt that the, we've said it over and over again. First of all, to your first point, kind of weathering the storm early it, it applies for most upsets it's a lot of times it's, it's wins on the road but i think it applies here too state has to be in the ball game going into the fourth quarter and in a lot of games like this stealing points and what i mean by that getting points somewhere other than offense a pick six a punt return for a touchdown from Xavier thomas a kick return for a touchdown that's where State can win this game if they're finding other areas where they're scoring points. Texas A&M did that against Ole Miss. They had the block kick return for a touchdown. State's got to find a way to, to get something else out there beyond offense because you just don't feel good enough about this offense. So that that's kind of that's, – that's where they're at. I think special teams is a, is a good place to get it. What's the one thing, you know, we'll, we'll play two questions here, I guess, or a little earlier in the week, but what's the one thing State cannot do in this game? Uh, hmm. There's a lot of things they can't do in this game. True. Turning it over for sure. You can't just give Ole Miss other possessions. Um, you know, they're, they're going to have to take care of the football and then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you, you can't give up big plays. So, and that's going to be tough to do. This is an explosive offense. They they feed off those big plays. You got to keep everything in front of you. You're going to have to stop the run or at least slow it down, similar to what you did last year. It's hard to believe they could do that two years in a row, but I think it's important to slow down Ole Miss offensively in the run game. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the deal. Turning the ball over, to me, is the most important thing. What's the, the thing that State, if if they if I said State did this, you would tell me they might have won that game? Hmm. Throwing for, like, 300 yards. Yeah, that, that low. I mean, 300, I mean, that's not a huge number. It is, I guess it would be this year, but... If they've thrown for that many yards in this game, I got to think they've been able to run the football a little bit too. Because, I mean, you look at what they've done this year offensively. I mean, you're not going to find a ton of games where they've thrown for over 300. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been kind of the toughest thing for them is finding a rhythm in the passing game. And it's it's not just like one person either. Like, it's not Will Rogers' fault. It's not Mike. Wright's fault or Chris Parson. It's not the receivers who drop passes. It's not the offensive line. It's kind of like everybody. Yeah. And 
that that's that's been the biggest issue. I mean, this team has thrown for 300 once this year. That's mind blowing when you consider what they've done the last few years. They just have been non-existent in the passing game. They've only had three games where they've thrown for over 200. Mm-hmm. And in one of those, so, they threw for nearly 500. Right, South Carolina. And in that game, they scored, what, 31? 30 points, yeah. 30, 31, whatever it was. Yeah. So I feel good about the state's offense. And I mean, I one, think they're putting up points if that's an the interception case. in the red zone in that game as well. So I mean, had an opportunity to put more. Yeah. That game is so weird. Such an outlier game. That's the one game where we kind of saw the offense that Barbe talked about in the offseason, about stretching the field vertically and getting the ball into your best playmaker's hands. That's Tulu's best game. And it, and they never went back to it. They never yeah. went back to anything they did in that game. When, I, did, it, did it the one game and we never saw it again. And it worked. It, they were good enough offensively to win that game. If they had been any good defensively in that game, they would have won. So just – it's a weird season, and I'm I'm glad it's almost over. Yeah, I mean, I love college football so much, and and you spend all year getting ready for it. But I am just ready for this this Mississippi State season to be over. Yeah, it's, it's time for a reset, man. It's just nothing is is really great right now for this program, and they just need a jolt of energy in here. I think Greg Knox has been good for that, just to close out the year, but. It's just time for this to end and come in with some new blood and see what happens. It's just it's not in a great place right now, and they can't move forward like this. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. So we'll see if there is a path for victory for Mississippi State uh, this Thursday night against the Ole Miss Rebels, but it's going to be a very tough, tough game for the Bulldogs to, to come away uh, with a win. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. I want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. It's still cookout season. It's it's still, it's the weather's fine. Get out there, fire up your grill, and put some beef on it. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. If you're looking for great tailgating recipes or great warm, wet, cold weather recipes, they've got those at msbeef.org, plus a lot of great information about our beef farmers here in the state. And don't forget that you can go vote for your favorite steakhouse or hamburger restaurant at the Facebook page facebook.com search for mississippi beef council it'll take you right there and you can play cast your vote for your favorite steakhouse or burger joint in the state of mississippi great products in, uh, no, no, nope 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 brian come on now come on now we're gonna get through this you can do it i can do it two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the cotton district is the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you're looking for i mean what else do i need to say man a trip to two brothers is always a good time great food great people there great atmosphere right there in the middle of the cotton district it's a fun place to go it's a fun place to hang out and it's a great place to eat and of course it's a bulldog initiative business so you can support the bulldogs with every purchase head over to two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the cotton district for some smoked southern soul food great products and great service there it is that's what every business likes to promise you they deliver it to you at advantage business systems and they've been doing it now for 48 years so what more do you need to know? You need If you need technology for your business, if you need a new copier, a new printer, new computers, new laptops, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you call them back. And that's what it's all about. It's getting good service, being treated the right way and being treated promptly, fairly, and professionally. That's what you get with Advantage Business Systems. They can solve your problems a lot of the times the same day. 
They know you can't afford to wait around, and they don't. They're not going to make you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue is the place to find your next Mississippi State polo or quarter zip. What an incredible selection they have. Great name brands, great styles, the logos that you want. Simple, stylish polos and pullovers. That's what Dad wants to see this holiday season under the tree. Going to make Dad happy. Take a trip to the Rogue and get him something from their collegiate collection. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Two top 25 teams on the Mississippi State campus for for basketball. A tremendous uh, week for both programs. Uh, for the men uh, capturing their second, uh, mi- what is it? What are they called? Midseason Invitational or whatever it is. Uh, tournaments. Yes, that'll work. Chris Jans. They they dominate these tournaments. We'll see if they can dominate the uh, the postseason one towards the end. And the women, a really good win yesterday. You you said you've been saying for a while that Belmont is a program that that's a good mid major women's basketball program, and State goes and gets that win there. Great weekend for for both teams. Let's start with the women and uh, your thoughts on this team early in the season. Yeah, I mean that win yesterday is similar in some respects to to beating maybe not like a Wichita State for the men, but fairly close. That's a really good program at Belmont that Barb Brooks has over there. I mean, they're winning their conference championship almost every year. He had thirty something wins a couple of years ago. They beat Georgia who destroyed Mississippi State last year, they beat Georgia by 26. Mm-hmm. So I think people I think people see those names and they don't really follow basketball. And they do the same thing for the men a lot of times. They see those names and they think, eh, this is, this is going to be a blowout. It's not easy to beat those teams, especially on the road. They went to a place that had a good student section. It was a good environment yesterday. That was a good win for them. I don't think they played particularly well, uh, but I, I talked to Sam Purcell last week, and I asked him about, you know, going back to last year, they lost to South Dakota State, who is a lot like Belmont, a really good mid-major team. And they went to their place, lost by, I think, a point or two. And it was that, – that win would have safely gotten them in the NCAA tournament last year, and their RPI would have been a lot higher or their net, I guess. And instead, they were one of the last four teams in because they didn't win those games against them in Nebraska. So I asked him, what's going to be the difference for this team to be able to win a game like this? And he said our defense. And I thought the defense was pretty good. That's a good Belmont team offensively. They like to shoot the three. They like to run a lot of pick and roll, stuff like that. And for the most part, State did a pretty good job. I I thought the last possession was a – um, a mistake. They defended well, and when the ball came off, nobody crashed the boards and rebounded. Mm-hmm. And they had a player right there to rebound. So that's something they have got to look back on. That would have lost them the game, and instead they missed. But at the end of the day, they won the ball game. They found a way to win. That's going to be a big win, I think, uh, when the postseason comes around because Belmont's going to play Stanford uh, too, I think, next week. So they're playing a, a extremely tough schedule. They played three SEC teams in Stanford. I think they'll roll through their conference and and be in the mix there. So I think it'll be really good to have that on your resume. 
I, I thought both teams had a huge win on Sunday. For the men, I, I thought that they were they they they've just been really really solid. I mean, to go to this tournament, they they the game against Washington State, they pretty much control from start to finish, and then they showed you in, against Northwestern that they can come from behind, handle some adversity. They, they early in that game, they kept turning the ball over. They couldn't hit a shot. And it ended up not mattering as they won the game. I think they won by they won by nine, but I mean they they were up thirteen with a minute to go. Um, so yeah, that I mean that that was a really a solid couple of days for them. Uh, they have a game this Friday with Nichols. Nichols is a very interesting team. Went to LSU and won. LSU is starting to win some games uh, here in the, in the in the non conference. So that win over Nichols could end up being a good one uh, for Mississippi State if they can get it this Friday, one o'clock tip at the Hump. I really like this team though. I mean that. Hubbard, if there's anything Mississippi State fans should be should be doing right now, it's thanking Keith Carter. <laughs> because thanks for firing Kermit Davis. I, I think I, Hubbard looks like the kind of player I would never really say keep one guy, keep a coach for a player. But Hubbard is a difference maker. I mean, this is a guy who's you know I don't know how long he's going to be in college, but he he's going to be a, a good player for Mississippi State, and he's going to be a good player. Uh, it, maybe at the next level, because he, he can just shoot the basketball. When he takes a shot, I believe it's going to go in for most times. And I, Well, he's a he's just an all-around basketball player. I mean, yeah. this is a dude that just lives in the gym. He has the he has a very similar work ethic to me than what Malik Newman had in high school. And I think he's a better player than Malik mm-hmm. all around. I, I, and Malik was a guy that was a five-star. Josh was not as highly rated. But I would take Josh all day. Um, I, I think w- what you've seen from him is just an absolute killer, man. I mean, he just has so – he doesn't get emotional. He doesn't – you know, the game doesn't really bother him. He takes what he what he can get. And he was a leader for them yesterday. That game could have been a blowout. They got out to like 11 nothing start. Yeah, people tweeting about how it's it's time to just turn TV off and don't want to deal with this. And by halftime, they were within, I think, a point or two. Two, yeah. And then it was a it was game on from there. So that's a huge development for me because I think they might would have lost that last year down eleven. I don't know if they would have been able to to be mature enough to handle that mm-hmm. and just play their game, let it come to them, and get back in it. Because when you play defense like that, you're going to give yourself a chance if you can just knock down some shots. And that's what they did. Hubbard started lighting it up. Deshaun Davis, I thought, played really well again. This team just has a feel of a deep tournament team to me because they can they got the defense and now they can score points. I'm I'm thrilled to see what happens when they get Tolu Smith back. Yeah. They, they, everybody seems to be settling into their roles really early in the season, and that you know, normally it takes a while to f- start figuring things out. But it feels like this team is starting to get an idea of its identity super early, and that's that's a good thing for Mississippi State because Tolu Smith doesn't change anything, right? Like in terms of identity, he, 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 people know what his role is going to be when he gets back to into the lineup. So it's not like anybody's going to say, you know, he's stepping on my toes. It, 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 that, that that's a good thing. I also think we really underestimated Jimmy Bell's uh, ability early on. I thought we, we, we thought he was just going to be a guy who comes off the bench and gives you, you know, a few minutes. This is a really good college basketball player. I mean, right now, if they said Tolu Smith was out for the season, I would still feel okay about State's chances 
with Jimmy Bell in there. I mean, he's just been really, really good for Mississippi State. And Gal Choi has been a lot better early on than we, we thought he was going to be as well. We thought this was this super raw prospect. He's got a little polish. He, he can play a little bit right now for Mississippi State. So it's just been a very exciting start of the season for both programs, and they, they look like they're going to be tournament teams yet again uh, in 2024. All right. It is time. The final picks of the season. I have a one-game lead, a precarious one-game lead over Robbie Falk going into rival rivalry weekend. There we go. We said it correctly. I'm so scared. Here we go. Missouri at Arkansas. Arkansas announcing that Pittman will stay for another season. I'm not completely sure why. Missouri looking to close out 10-2 and two so they can s- secure their spot in an access bowl. There is some thought process of the team rallies around Pittman now that they know he's back and KJ in his last game has a big one, but not for me. I, I, Missouri is, is a good team. Uh, they'll get the win. I'll take the Tigers. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm just looking at the rest of these games, and I am i don't know if I'm going to be able to – to pull this off. So I, I'm going to have to take Arkansas on this. I mean, there's, there's almost nothing else. There, there's, there's another game and I'm ha- I'm trying to win too. Mm-hmm. So I gotta, I gotta take a chance somewhere. I th- I, I'm going to have to go with Arkansas. That means like we could go into Saturday with either, t- will we, go, we will go into Saturday either tied or with me as a two game advantage. So. That's true. I've been playing from behind since week one, man. That's and so, so that would tell me unless you differ on two games from me on Saturday, it's over on Saturday. It's over on Friday if I win. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm surprised you went there. I thought I knew you were going to have to pick a couple games differently than me. I did not expect it to be Missouri, Arkansas. Well, I don't see anything else and right. hardly anything else on well, here that I can feel it, comfortable then. about it. It makes me laugh that LSU's last home game of the season is 11 a.m. Nobody hates playing in the daytime more than the Tigers, and it's the season finale. Fantastic. Way to make them cry. Uh, I, here's, I don't even know who A&M's interim coach is. I don't know his name. I haven't looked it up. Don't know. Don't care. This, is, this will be the Jaden Daniels show. Uh, he'll be looking to put the final uh, touches on his Heisman resume. I'll take the Tigers at home. Elijah Robinson. There you go. Coach Robinson. Yeah, I have no faith in AM winning this. I'm going with LSU. All right. Um, the Iron Bowl. <clears throat> All Alabama at Auburn. There is one thing we know about this rivalry. When it's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama blows them out. When it's in Auburn, it's close. It's weird things happening when this game is in Auburn. And coming off of last weekend, is there anything more Hugh Freeze than to get blown out by New Mexico State and then come back and give Alabama trouble on, on in the Iron Bowl? I think that's going to happen. I think they'll give them trouble, but I think Alabama gets the win. Yeah, it'll be a good game early, but it it's just all Alabama's just going to be too much. All right. Hidden in plain sight is Vanderbilt at Tennessee on the SEC Network at two thirty. This has been a big step back year for Vanderbilt. I, I'm surprised at how poor they've been this year. I really thought they were about to. I thought they would be a six and six team. Come, I thought they would be bowl eligible coming into this game, back in the uh, the off season. But obviously not the case. I will take the Volunteers to win big. 
Yeah, Vandy is absolutely awful. So I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. And, um, I mean, what do you do with Vandy? What do you do with Clark Lee? Give him another year and let us see how it works. See, see if, see if they can find some pieces in place and, uh, <laughs> and see, see what happens. Uh, what's next here? Florida State at Florida. This was a much easier game to pick before Jordan Travis's brutal, brutal injury on Saturday night. Uh, I'll still take. And Graham Mertz got hurt too, didn't he? Yeah. I'll still Is take the Seminoles. I don't know if he's out or not. Uh, I'll still take the Seminoles, but man, this this is one you might be able to grab. It's at Florida. The the Jordan Travis being out is makes this very intriguing, and they didn't play. They weren't playing very well against North Alabama. Oh, I, I still I still can't trust Florida. Seminoles. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Florida State. Okay. Hey, hey, Dad. Hey, Miss Natty. <laughs> uh, Clemson. It's Thanksgiving at- week, so yeah, this uh, is uh, minor this is the time too. where you have to navigate around keeping your kid at home. Yeah. Uh, Clemson at South Carolina. Carolina needs this game for for bowl eligibility. I think isn't that right? Aren't they? They they're five and six. I believe that's yes. Cool. So they've got to win for bowl eligibility. Clemson. Ever since Tyler and Spartanburg got them going, have been unstoppable. Who do you got? I'm gonna take Clemson. I'm going with Clemson. All right. They're, they're playing. They're playing well right now. Yeah. South Carolina. They had that great atmosphere the other night. They still didn't. They still weren't great in that yeah. game, and they just got the win there. But yeah, I'm going with Clemson. All right. Georgia at Georgia Tech. I will say this. I, I, we're both going to pick Georgia. Georgia Tech has, like, they're really good against ranked teams for some reason. They play unranked teams, they get blown out. But when they play ranked teams, they tend to be pretty good against them. Uh, but we'll, I will take the Georgia Bulldogs, and I assume you will too. Yeah, I will. Georgia right. Tech kind of feels like state in 09. You know, they made that, yeah. like, radical change offensively. Would I but guess it's not too radical. But... Over, their, over their rival. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, um, right. so Georgia's just locked in right now. Last one, the battle for the state of Kentucky. Kentucky at Louisville. I mean, I'm going with the Cardinals here. Are you really going to pick Kentucky? Oh. I got to. Oh, I got to to win. Well, we can figure out a tiebreaker, man. I, mean, I don't want to make you pick Kentucky. Here. Yeah, but I've got I've got to save myself somewhere. If Arkansas doesn't win, well, no, if Arkansas doesn't win, doesn't it's matter. Over. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with, uh, I think I got to go with Kentucky. Oh, you, you're going to feel really bad if, if Arkansas does win and you lose this one, it, it would, it would absolutely suck. Oh, all right. So the game's to watch. So what, wait, so you're saying we can have a tiebreaker. We could figure one out. We don't have one. I've never had, we've never had a tie. I was opinion. under the assumption that I'm going to have to make up two games. Tie? What am I going to say? I led the whole season, so I should win? No. <laughs> okay, well, then cancel that one out. All right, so you're just going to – let's take- just do Arkansas. We're, I'm putting all everything on the line with Arkansas and Missouri. The chips are in the middle of the table. All right. All right, then. So let's let's think of a tiebreaker now. What should it what be? About, what about the uh, SEC championship? 
So that's a good one because Alabama, Georgia, That's a, I, I feel like we could go different ways on that. Or like the closest score. If we pick yeah, we need if to we pick, pick the, the same. Because, yeah. All right. So we'll, if we'll, we pick the game, same, then right. We pick the game. If we go different on the game, that's the that's what it is. If we pick the same teams, we have to pick a score. Yeah. Done. That way, that, that should cover it. Mizzou's just going to finish this up for me. I'm not worried about it though. They probably are, but hey, let's right. see what happens. Pull them for Sam Titman. His name is Robert Paulson. All right. <laughs> All right. Back tomorrow. We'll be talking more Egg Bowl. Michael Borky's going to join me at some point. Uh, we'll have a little preview that with him. Scallywag. That, that scoundrel. Uh, Richard Cross on Thunder and Lightning Live uh, Wednesday night. Uh, on Monday's uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, we talked to Mississippi State defensive lineman from the 1996 through 90. Wasn't that, I think he's 99. I have to double check that. Kevin Sluter is going to join us. Uh, on Tuesday's show, today's show, the mayor of Tupelo, Todd Jordan will join us to relive some Egg Bowl memories. And I believe we've got K.J. Wright coming up with us this week as well from the Mississippi State side. So ho- hopefully have some fun with some of those old old uh, interviews, and uh, we'll go from there. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.